You know, I thought that I've done this more recently, yes, um, the teaching that I'm about to start, but it's been since 2007 that I've taught on this. And we're going to go into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you, if that sounds like a red flag, the same as I did with you on authority, the same as I did with you on preaching about the Father, I ask you to kind of hit the delete button on everything that you've come up to, or maybe not delete, or just set it aside and give me a chance. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a case for you. And I believe most, most of you here have had this teaching before and agree with it. There may be some that would say, you know, I, I, I just can't hardly grab hold of that yet. Well, I'm going to use Scripture. We're not going to get anywhere away from Scripture. Um, and uh, I encourage you. There's a lot to gain from this. Um, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There was a revival prophesied. That is destined to usher in the return of Jesus Christ at the end of the age. And this revival that was prophesied was prophesied by Joel and then quoted again by Peter on the day of Pentecost. And let's look at this scripture. It says in Acts 2.17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my man, on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. You know, you hear the word prophesy or you hear the word tongue and you want to think flaky, wild uh, chandelier swingers. This is scripture. This is scripture. And it says of all he wants you to prophesy. He expects something to go into you and something to come out of you. Not just go and pray a prayer, get dunked in the water, and your life is over. It's all done. It's not all done. There is more. I want to encourage you. There's more. And you know what? You may be already spirit-filled. You may be flowing in the fullness of the Spirit. I want to encourage you. There's more. You have not arrived. I have not arrived. There is so much more, and I'm so thankful for going back down this road because I need it to stir. And we need the manifestation of the Spirit to stir in this place. We had a time a couple years ago where we were having more prophecies and having more tongues and having, having more of the Spirit flowing in this place. And I think that sometimes we just, I think it's natural. I think we just kind of sometimes just go down a different road. You know, well, I don't want to use that example, but I encourage you. Get ready to stir yourself up. Central to this great revival is this experience that we're going to be talking about. And it's probably going to take me seven, eight weeks to go through uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And literally millions of Christians have moved into this spiritual empowering in the last few decades. And, you know, people are still interested. One of the major responsibilities of spirit baptized Christians is to teach and interpret this experience to those that want it. What happens is. You know, I've probably prayed for you, and I've had to learn this myself. But if you try to talk about it in public, we get stumped. And part of what I want to do here is take our core group. A lot of those that are here tonight are our core, and I want to empower you. I need my prayers up here to be ready to lay hands on people and for them to be filled with the Spirit. I I'm, I'm need for the, the general people, the, the core group that's on fire for God... To get working outside of this church. We can't get it done inside these walls. 
And the only way it can get done is for you to be empowered. And for you to take Jesus to him, because there's a good chance those that you're working with will never come in the church. You know how they're experiencing church? You. What you don't realize is church is coming to them every day. And how important it is that you get filled up and that you get out here and get after it. It's going to sound backwards thinking, but growing the church isn't necessarily the church's job. The church's job is to proclaim Jesus Christ. If they come into this church, great. If they don't, that's okay. That's ultimately not our goal. Our goal is to is is so that their name won't be blotted out. It's life or death. And you know what? You may you may need the this filling of the spirit not to get other people filled with the spirit, but to get other people saved. And Jesus said, y'all hang on before you go out here working, apostles. There's something you need. And, you know, he said it to those that were saved. They had already been water baptized. They knew Jesus and believed he was the son of God. But yet Jesus said, wait a minute. You're not quite ready. I need to leave. And you need something. And that's where we're going. And I can barely get started tonight, but all I wanted to do is just kind of touch on it anyway. But part of the reason that we need this is to learn to teach and to interpret this experience. And I'm sure that many of you already know it's one thing to have the experience. It's another thing to teach it to others. It's not the easiest thing to explain what something is and why you need it and how to get it. You know what happened to me? And I could testify, you know, I, I, I knew something happened in my life. I, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at 17 years old. And let me tell you, I was, I, I was not the person that I am today. Not that I've arrived, but 17. I, I, I think about the time I was baptized in the Spirit, and then I fell off, I completely fell off the wagon. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit doesn't mean we've arrived and everything's going to go peachy. Jesus got baptized in the spirit, got baptized in water and got baptized in the spirit. And what happened immediately? He was taken into the desert for temptation. So uh, that almost sounds like I'm scaring you into this. I'm not. But, you know, this this is a real thing and you need it to be able to handle the things that you're going through. But, you know, I could say. You know how the, how the blind man, when Jesus healed the blind man, and they said, what happened? He said, I don't know. All I can say is, before I couldn't see, and now I can see. And I'd come to a point, 17, 18, 19, 25 years old when I first came here. I can't explain to you how to get it, but I know I have it. Try to tell somebody that miracles and healings have ceased to someone who's been healed. You know, I can't tell you the confusing part of Scripture about, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, uh, just given an analogy but I know I've been healed I know someone laid their hands on me prayed for me and something happened same thing here with the baptism in the Holy Spirit maybe you'd say yes I have it yes I do pray in tongues yes I do I do have this experience but I can't tell you how to get it well for those of you that already have it that this is for you those of you that don't have it I'm going to be laying out the groundwork to show you number one it's it's real number two you need it and, you know, I've studied, I've, I haven't studied everybody, but I've studied a lot on this topic. 
from ministers who have taught the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the United States, those that have also taught it in foreign countries. And out of those resources and my own experiences, we're going to look at just simple, basic scripture that I hope to prove helpful to those who are seeking it and to those that want to be able to minister it. You know, we've got quite a few here in this church that are starting ministry. Fruit, we are bearing fruit. People are going out. You know, Robert, uh, they started doing a, uh, a once a month um, campus uh, ministry a couple years ago. Now they're doing it twice a month. And people are getting excited coming to him and saying, when's the next one? And how, how important the equipping of the saints is. <clears throat> um, traditionally, this, this has been thought necessary that those seeking more of God or seeking the infilling of the Spirit should find, uh, should find a church altar and pray and agonize and tarry before God until they they become so discouraged and give up. I don't know. I come out my I come out of a of a, of a family that uh that we grew up in a traditional Baptist church but um would regularly seek more. So I grew up in in tradition of Baptist tradition where the baptism of the Holy Spirit wasn't there but was taken on weekends to meetings that were spirit filled. You know, I really value. I didn't understand it then. It drove me crazy. Why are we going to some church thing now? We go to church every single time the doors are open. Why are we going to something else? But I didn't know what, what was being done in me. And, uh, but so many think in that day, at, at, before, the, before the charismatic movement, before the mo- this move, this uh, spirit, spiritual move that happened, I guess, back in the 70s, it was thought that you just had to get on your face and just cry your eyes out until you got it, that it was something that you genuinely had to work for. But what I'm going to show you over the next few weeks is how the same way that you were saved, you were saved by faith, you're going to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit by faith. And you don't have to kill yourself to get it. That is not the way God works. God wants to give his gifts to you freely. He wants you to find the way that he wants to give them to you And then he wants to give them to you. He's not some messed up daddy that kind of take dangles a string in front of you and then pulls it out of the way when you're finally at the point to get it. No, he wants to freely give. He wants to give this. He wants to give this gift to you. And you know what? He called it a promise. According to Scripture, the only people who tarried to receive the Holy Spirit were the 120 that got sent before the Holy Spirit got given. And you know what? They didn't know what they were asking for. They just knew they were supposed to go up and pray. And you know what? They prayed. They waited in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And since that, since that day, when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit in fulfillment of His promise, we're going to see right here in Acts 1, Verse four, it says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Now, this word, this them, if you go and you read the beginning of Acts one, it says the apostles. So I want you to know this is a separate experience. Now, I can see that maybe you could argue this because the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out yet. So maybe this is one experience that maybe we'd say, yeah, you do get it at salvation. But the problem was Jesus was still here. He needed to leave so the Holy Spirit could go. I'm going to show you five instances of it being a separate um, 
act. Where salvation came and days later, this Holy Spirit baptism came. So that's part of my job is to show you that there is more. If you have not ever asked for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you are a candidate for it. All right? All right, so let's keep going. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, which he said you have heard from me, verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He has been present with us, available and accessible to all who open their hearts and lives to his empowering and who are longing to receive the spiritual gifts and ministries that he brings. Let's keep going just a little bit longer. One major objection to this that there is in the church, depending on what denomination you go, is that the baptism in the Holy Spirit stems from the difficulty of seeing it as a second separate experience. You say, I thought that I received the Holy Spirit when I became a Christian, is a normal uh, voiced concern. You know, it's a spiritual law. Uh, it's a spiritual law that we receive from God uh, in terms of our asking. Matthew seven seven ver- Matthew seven verses seven through eight. But it but it must be obvious that if people don't know there is an empowering of God beyond conversion, they won't ask for it. Again, what I'm here to do, you know, there's a scripture where that says, uh, um. I can't remember which instance it is, but one of the apostles were, was preaching and he came back and said, all these people were saved. So they sent some more apostles to them to lay hands and receive the Holy Spirit. They came to him and said, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And their response was, and I'm going to show this to you in Scripture, not tonight. They said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. These are those that were already baptized and it said that they had believed in Jesus. That means they were already converted. So this whole argument of is it a second experience? You know, if you don't know you need it, these people were preached by the apostles that Jesus trained. And they were the ones that said, we didn't even know that there was one. So you're not alone. I didn't even know that there was a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Great. Hallelujah. How many want to know something that you don't know that will help you? If there is information in here or in your life that would improve your life or maybe give you clarity to why things are happening like they are, don't you want to know it? So don't don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Nothing God can give you is wrong. Nothing God can give you is going to make your life worse. Amen. So the initial task in helping people receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit is to make it clear that that from the word of God that there is such an experience. And those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior may also encounter him as the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit, which we just saw. Now, concerning the work of the Spirit in the believer's life at the point of conversion, of course, the Holy Spirit is operative. Here's one of the arguments is operative when you're saved. No one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is present at conversion. I don't want to over-religious, I don't want to give you all these religious terms. Conversion at at, at the new birth, at salvation. 
The Holy Spirit is present to introduce the unbeliever to Jesus Christ. But we're not talking about the introduction ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the subsequent empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had already showed the apostles who he was, and they were saved and baptized. Right? But we're talking about that experience which Jesus promised when he told his disciples who already knew him as Savior in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. This has the potential um, exponential power, potential. You're about to have the opportunity of going backwards or going in such a way that nothing nothing can stand in your way. Nothing. Nothing. When the Holy Spirit starts flowing through you, I'm telling you, it gets me excited. Brian Mueller talked to me on, at a deacon's meeting and just said, Pastor Paul, can we please talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit again? I said, sure, but you know, I need this. You know, it's, it says in Ephesians to be filled with the Spirit. And if you go and research that word in the Greek, be filled, it means to be continually filled. Those of you that have been baptized in the Spirit need to be filled again. This doesn't end. We leak out. We let stuff in. We don't even realize. You know, the spirit of compromise, we don't even realize how we're starting to drift away. It's like when Pastor Zach left and I had to go back and start leading worship again. Part of my worship, my, the heart, my heart for worship had started drying up. And I didn't notice it until I had to start doing it again. Same thing here. Something's coming alive in me again. And I, I want to encourage you. Get yourself stirred up. Hang in there with me on Wednesday nights. And I'm going to close. I'm, I'm late already. But you shall receive. Scripture draws a very clear distinction between these two experiences. Especially in the book of, of Acts. And I want to I, I just give you a little trivia. Did you know that, the, that Acts is the only book in the entire Bible that uh, contains the record in the life of the first Christians? The only narrative we have of the early church, the Gospels are stories of the life of Jesus. The epistles are teaching letters dealing with the problems and difficulties of Christian life, interpreting and explaining the provisions and promises of God uh, uh, to members of the body of Christ. But the book of Acts is, uh, are the records of the actual life and experience of the church. We see the book of Acts, that's who we're supposed to be. This has the potential, it shouldn't, this shouldn't be radical teaching, but the way the church is gone, it wants to be viewed as radical. No, you, you know, uh, I, 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 we've got to get to a point where I don't really care. I, I, I want to care about what God wants us to look like, not anybody else. And I don't know what that, that's going to cost me, but it can't be wrong. It has to be right. And either we're going to sell out to God or we're not. So I encourage you, get on board with me. 
If you got questions, what was so good this week? You know, and, and I'm going to start my second closing now. Um, I had I had a few people come into my office this week due to due to a comment that Bertie Britt made. And I'm telling you, it affected me. I don't know that anybody else caught on to it. But when he talked about scriptures and the word of God, you know, I kind of got hung up a little bit. Because, you know, that scripture from the Old Testament was God's word. It was, but Jesus came and he did rewrite. It, it was a new covenant. It was not based on the old. But with that same thing, I don't think it was enough to warrant heresy. I don't think he was preaching heresy. I think he might have stra- he might have pushed a little hard. And you know what? I'll do that. I think I, what, what happens is we don't want to miss the message. Um, but I want to encourage you. If I stir you wrong or if I stir you at all and you want to come and sit down with me, please, I love that. One thing I said to one of those that came in and said, I said, you know what encourages me is that you're listening. You're taking what's being said and you know what? You need to listen to me. You need to listen to those that take the pulpit. You need to be listening to Robert and you need to line it up with God's word. We do not just accept everything that's ever said, even from the pulpit. Because the pulpit can be wrong. The pulpit is flesh. Now, I want to think that I hear from the Spirit of God, but I'm capable of missing it. And you need to weigh it. The Lord says to test it and hang on to that which is good. So Wednesday night, kind of let that one little thing go and grab hold of what was good. Because you know what? The, the, guy, the guy is an anointed teacher. Um, but just like my brother, I, I got extremely bent out of shape. I talked to you about it at lunch. It really bothered me so much that I almost couldn't hear the rest of the message. But I think sometimes Satan will try to get you hung up any way he can. So uh, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, but I encourage you, hang in there. If you miss a week, download it on the website. Get a CD. CDs cost you $3. If you'll get on somebody's computer, they're free. You can download it for free. Uh, but I encourage you, hang in there with me right here. You're going to get on the same page as where our staff is, where our, what our church believes. You might even get a deeper understanding of worship. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, the worship won't be the same. All right. Father, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I just ask you to lead us and guide us. Holy Spirit, your word says that you lead us and guide us into all truth. Lord, ultimately, I just want truth. But Father, I do ask you to empower me to preach your word. I ask you to empower those under this teaching. I ask you right now, Lord, and I ask as as the, the authority of this church, Lord, here on earth, to fill this church with your spirit. Lord, I just ask right now, fill us with your spirit. I don't have to figure it out. I just need what you have for me. We'll try to figure it out later. Lord, I just bless your holy name. You're so worthy. And I just pray for those that are sick and those that are hurting. Lord, those that that their lives are falling apart. And I just ask you, Lord, you are the God of grace and mercy. And you are our very present help in time of need. And I ask you for help. Bless us, Lord. Bless the youth. Bless the Bible drillers. Lord, bless the college ministry. I just ask you to bless all our workers, Lord, our greeters and our ushers that we've met this week. Lord, I just ask for a blessing this Sunday over United Voices of Praise and over uh, Robert Owens. 
blessed church on the hill. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Forgive me for keeping you a little long.